Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of Creative Source with Andy Osho. This is a podcast about creativity for the creative in you. I speak to people who are working in the arts or who are doing things in the arts, but actually what I'm beginning to realize is creativity isn't just about the arts. It's one place where it shows up, but creativity is literally in everywhere, in every walk of life. So this conversation is directed towards artists, but hopefully like whatever field you're working in, there's something in it for you. Because as you've heard, if you've listened to other episodes, you know, when we talked about money, surely a lot of the things that we talked about there, when we talked about time, a lot of things there were really to do with life and how we live our lives so that we can have the most successful, whatever your definition of successes, but most successful life that we can have. So the conversation continues to be directed towards artists. But listen, if you don't work in the arts or if you're just involved in the arts as a hobby, you are more than welcome here. What I want to do is let us have a community where we can just support each other, whatever expression of creativity is coming through us. So welcome to the podcast. I'm just delighted that you're here. But also I have to do a massive shout out to my Patreon patrons. So um, in the money episode, we just got frank about some stuff to do with money. And one of them is my shout outs for support uh, for this podcast, right? And you guys responded. Like I went to check the Patreon um, dashboard and I was just like, wait, what? Who? Huh? Huh? What? Thank you. I just get so excited because I'm just like, oh my gosh, people are genuinely supporting this podcast and they're appreciating what's being said and what's being shared. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much for that. And that it's an ongoing commitment that you've given me. I'm, I won't let you down. 
Uh, I'll try anyways. <laughs> try not to let you down. Um, and also thank you to Acast supporters. You guys, I, again, I checked the Acast dashboard and I was like, wait, what? And thank you for your messages as well. It is so, so lovely to see um, all the messages of support and just people expressing how helpful they feel this podcast has been. So I'm really, really touched um, that you guys have committed in that way. But if supporting through donations isn't your thing, then don't worry. Feel free, if you still want to support, to just share on social media. Tell your friends about it or just drop us a, a message and just say what you've enjoyed on the podcast. It is all support and it's all so valuable and appreciated. All right. So this week we are talking about being a pro. So I put a shout out for your thoughts and comments. And again, there was a a lot of responses to this. So I think it's an important um, topic. And again, it's one of those things where I'm going to speak from the perspective of working in the arts, but a lot of these things are going to apply across the board. So I had to start by coming up with my definition of what it means to be a pro. And it's actually, or to be a professional at work. That's really what I mean by being a pro. I don't mean working as a professional in your field. I mean, being professional in the workplace. That's, that's the first thing I should clarify. And then I found it quite difficult to pin down exactly what that means, being a professional in the workplace. And so this is what I came up with. And, and let me know what you think, if you think you think there's something missing or what it means to you that might not be in this sentence. But I came up with conducting oneself in a way that facilitates successful and harmonious work environments and relationships. So the reason I use successful, but also harmonious is, yes, you could have an environment that's successful, but the boss could be flogging people to get what they deem to be success. Equally, you can have harmonious work (laughs) workplaces, but, and everyone's all loved up, but no money's being made, no opportunities are being created. So I think successful and harmonious go hand in hand and um, conducting yourself. So who you're being, what you're doing in the workplace that helps facilitate that success and harmony. So that's my definition. So that's where I'm starting from and the things that I want to look at. Now, conducting oneself as a pro or being a pro in the workplace is such a huge area. I mean, workplaces, some workplaces have whole departments dedicated to it called HR. So I can't cover it all, but I, there was just a few things that stood out that I thought, let's let's just look at those ones. So I've, I've split this into two episodes as well. So in this episode, I'm going to talk about more what one does. So this is more to do with also being in the workplace. And in the next episode, we're going to get more into the murky territory, like flirting and social media and stuff like that. Yeah. So let's start with the more straightforward stuff of like being in the workplace and the things that you do. When I thought about this topic, the first thing that came to my mind was timekeeping and time. I mean, it's just so basic, but it's so um, fundamental and important and often can be that an impression. You, it gives such an impression of who you are as a professional to other people, you know, your timekeeping. So I'm going to say the obvious, but be on time. But actually, don't be on time, be early. Because I remember uh, in a Chris Rock routine, him saying, his dad says, there's no such thing as early, there's on time and late. And I completely agree with that. 
I have to tell you, it's taken me a long time to realize it though, because I mean, from school days, right up until I would say I hit 30, I was often just slightly late for everything. Like I would get up at the last minute to be places and I just didn't get it. I didn't get what being on time or being early, being prepared and being early really meant. But for me, I feel like turning up on time or being slightly early is a sign of basic respect for the person that you're meeting, be it a colleague, a friend, whatever actually, is like, I respect you enough to have thought through what it means for me to be late. And so therefore I've turned up a little bit early. And the reason as well that we I talk about early rather than just on time is because there's so many variables when it comes to arriving anywhere on time, tubes, traffic, kids, accidents, all the rest of it. So don't aim for on time, aim for slightly early. I'll give you an example is when I first started doing voiceovers, I used to turn up bang on the dot of when I was booked for. And there was not always, but sometimes a slightly funky atmosphere. <laughs> And I do, and I went into the room sometimes. And I realized that actually by turning up on time, I was late. Because you think about it, by the time you arrive, people figure out what booth I'm supposed to be in or what client I'm working with. And then they have to take me up there. Then they ask me what drink I want. Then the client has to brief me and tell me, you know, what the style of the ad is or whatever, all that sort of stuff. Now we're 10 minutes in and they're paying for the suite by the hour. So me rocking up at 11 when the session starts at 11 doesn't really work. And it took me a little while to realize that. I started thinking, oh, how come such and such client hasn't had me back again? (laughs) I don't know if it was like specifically the timekeeping. I might have been awful as well. But so much of what we do as creatives, so much of it has nothing to do with our talent. I'll say that again. A lot of what we do has nothing to do with our talent, but how we conduct ourselves when we interact with other people in our industries. So be early, but don't be too early. Because actually someone said to me the other day, God, when people turn out like hella early, it's kind of rude. And it sort of is in a way, because what you're saying is, look, this was convenient for me. And I haven't really thought about whether it's convenient for you because, you know, they might be doing other things. They might be sort of seeing their last appointment and they might not have the holding space to have you be sitting in their reception area or whatever. Do you know what I mean? It's just like, be thoughtful about when you arrive. And I think that's the bottom line is bring some consciousness to that part of your meeting up with somebody. But also timekeeping um, relates to planning as well. Now we went into detail about this in the time episodes. Maybe there's a justification for a whole episode on planning, but the bottom line is when you've been hired to do something or you've agreed to do something, allow enough time and make reasonable estimates about how long you think it's going to take. One thing that I hate is when somebody says, this is a personal sort of pet peeve of mine, but someone says, I'm literally, I'm like five minutes away. And then they turn up 20 minutes later. Just tell me 20 minutes. I know some people don't have a very good relationship with time and they really do think it will be five minutes. But a lot of times people think that it will land better if they say a more favorable amount of time. But actually it's worse because now I'm expecting you in five minutes and now you're 15 minutes after that. So (laughs) I can feel that this is, this couldn't be just me, (laughs) but 
Um, I would say that in terms of like professional conduct, I think you'll just get so much more respect when you're just like, look, this is going to take a while. Um, uh, my estimate is an hour. And then what about when you deliver sort of after 50 minutes, then you're the hero instead of being the person who just constantly underestimates and lets people down. Right. So planning and don't be afraid to be in conversation with your bosses about timeframes. This is something that I'm really learning in the literary world is being in communication with my editor and just really talking about, all right, what will work? What can I honestly own? And I think that's what it comes down to with deadlines and timelines and things like that is what can you own? What can you legitimately say? I am responsible for this rather than, a, oh, I'll see what I can do. But then because you can hear that the attitude in I'll see what I can do is if, if this doesn't work out, it's on you because you gave me this deadline rather than I'm being responsible for it. And actually responsibility is a huge part of being a professional anyways, but we'll come to that. So yeah, be um, in communication with whoever you're creating your timelines for or who you're delivering to or who's delivering to you. I had an experience working on a script with a couple of folks and one of the writers in this in this group that I was working in constantly delivered late. And it was very frustrating because, yeah, it was just very frustrating. And what it means ultimately is that I don't want to work with them again. And in this industry, in many industries, it's all built on relationships and people talk to each other. What was it like working with so-and-so? Mm, he delivers late on scripts, so I wouldn't. And that becomes your reputation in the industry. Hello, I'm Jennifer Saunders, and you're listening to Creative Source with Andy Osho. So meetings. Um, now, I'm a big advocate for preparing for meetings. And again, this is a skill I have had to learn is that you can have a really great meeting with somebody and leave a great impression just by doing some basic homework. I mean, in the past, I sometimes had meetings with people that I haven't even known their last name. You know, I've just been so, or their job title or something. I've just been so badly prepared. But you want to go into this meeting knowing who that person is, what position they hold. You want to obviously check where you're going. Be prepared like that. Again, that is something that I really didn't used to do. Know what the meeting's about. Because I've had a couple of meetings where I've just gone in not actually knowing exactly why I'm meeting this person. Maybe the meeting's been set up by somebody else. I haven't been completely clear what's going on. <laughs> so, so it's only over the course of the meeting that I'm figuring out Ah, oh, right. We're here to talk about blah, blah, blah. Or, you know, it might not be, I might not be the central person in the meeting, you know, like I could be just another attendee kind of thing. It's not, it's not like I've gone into, I don't, anyway, I would go into non-existent uh, examples. Yeah. So know why. And also know what outcome you want from this meeting, right? And know what the other person is expecting from this meeting too, because then you can relax and just go, okay, I can hear that the goal they're heading for is this and what I want is that. And let's just talk about how we can get there. And also beforehand, prepare for the meeting. So know what you need to bring to the meeting. Know what you need to do beforehand. 
you know, for example, in LA, when I was in LA and auditioning, they, unlike in the UK, they ask you to bring physical headshots. And that was a real um, head mess for me because in the UK, you don't have to do that. They, they just print it out from offline. But I think what happens, I think the, I think in the US people still like like hard copies and, and analog a bit more than in the UK in some areas. But what they like to do is lay out all the headshots and just like, oh, they were good. They, um, yeah, I, let's take them to callback level or whatever. So they like to get headshots and it really fried my brain trying to remember to bring these headshots. But that's part of the preparation is knowing what you need to bring. And Knowing also things that you might need to have access to on a, on a device, like online stuff, like you might need to show some artwork or a lookbook or something like that. Just have that teed up so you know it's there, right? So meeting prep is everything. Research the people that you're meeting, research the company, know what you're walking into. Because, you know, especially if you're meeting these people for the first time, a great first meeting can leave a really good first impression. Even if there's no immediate sort of opportunity that's generated out of it, you you leave a, a great first impression so that in the future you can, that door's always open for you. Because, if you have a, a great first meeting, all you really want is a second date and a, another opportunity to talk to those people. And if you give a good first impression, right, definitely a possibility that they'll want to speak and meet with you again. So just a couple more things about meetings. Because the creative industries are very much like relationship based, um, getting to know people is a really important part of just building relationships, building professional relationships with people, basically. So one of the things I think this actually applies in all meetings is there's a bit of awkward chat at the beginning. This is important. Don't brush over it. Don't try and steer the conversation ahead of time before there's been that five, 10 minutes of getting to know you. How was your journey in? That's all part of it. That is not separate to the meeting that you're about to have. That's part of it. That's everybody recalibrating or calibrating to the room that they're in, the people that they're with, the conversation that's about to happen, all that sort of stuff. So just embrace it. Just chat, 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 chat. And if the other person called the meeting, let them be the one that steers the conversation and goes, so let's talk about da, da, da. It's okay. Be chill, be patient. It will come up. No, Nobody's there to waste their time and end up for half an hour talking about Game of Thrones or something. Like everybody... It knows what the meeting is about. So just be calm and patient as to letting the conversation be steered in that direction. Be friendly, um, but not over familiar. So read the room. By over familiar, I'm saying don't do pub bants. You know what I mean? <laughs> like don't, just, just park that. Um, if they make a joke, then you can make a joke, but just keep it just really not about anything. Don't talk about Brexit. Don't talk about, you know, whatever. Just, just don't, because it's not worth it. You don't know that person well enough to bring that up, especially if you're meeting them for the first time, or it's like California at this point, just, it's just not worth it. Also, don't overstay your welcome, because I have to say, I think it's possible to gain and then lose a job by overstaying your welcome or lose an opportunity. I remember once like having this, um, I, I did a sort of workout class at a local gym and the guy running the class was so good. He was really funny and all the rest of it. And and then he dropped in every now and again that he had his own gym, like he was he was starting his own gym. So I was like, oh my gosh, this could be great. So I, I talked to him about this gym afterwards And he just went on 
and on and on. And then he started saying some stuff that just made me feel like, I don't know even if I like you as a person anymore. And he just went on. And I, all I had was one question about it, like about the gym. I remember I was trying to get this question in, but he just would not stop talking. And so I just thought, you know what? I don't think I want to work out with someone who who's going to be talking like this at me for the, for the whole of the workout. So I didn't bother like going and finding his gym because I just thought, you know what? I, I don't, I don't want this energy when I'm working out. So it is very possible to overstay your welcome, talk yourself basically out of an opportunity. So for the love of God, when the meeting is done, get out of Dodge. And then afterwards, follow up you know, like follow up, do what was asked of you by the agreed date. And if there hasn't been a date agreed, like I say in the episodes on time, get a deadline, set a deadline. Or, you know, if the person that you've met with has agreed to do something by a particular time, then follow up with them. Make sure that they're um, upholding their end of the um, conversation. All right. This will give you a really rich experience, like in terms of having meetings, because it will feel complete. It will feel whole. And like I said, often it's not about what happens in that meeting. It's about what happens afterwards. It's about keeping the door open to keep conversations alive. Most creative industries are about relationships and building good relationships rather than doing some sort of smash and grab of for opportunities wherever you can. It's the long game. That's how long careers are built by going into the long game. You guys, I have to thank you so much for the Patreon um, subscriptions that have happened. I, like I said at the beginning, when I checked, I was like, say what? And I realized instead of thinking about it in terms of money, what I would like to do is think about it in terms of what's now covered, what's, well, yeah, what's been taken care of out of your generosity. And so what I've realized is the hosting of this podcast is now taken care of because of you guys. So my next goal is to take care of the post-production for one episode a month. For this to happen, it will probably need about seven or eight patrons, seven or eight more patrons. So if I get eight, let's, let's just round it up to eight. Let's say eight. If I get eight patrons on Patreon, I will add another perk to the lower tier. So the lower tier currently just includes my undying gratitude and the um, access to the monthly Ask Me Anything. So I will add this amazing extra content I've got where I've got all this extra advice and um, other thoughts on creativity. You know, these bite-sized advice clips from Charlotte Church and Daniel Lawrence Taylor and Jennifer Saunders and people like that. You can get access to all of that. But I will only do that if we hit another eight patrons. So the new patrons are basically giving or helping to give like a new awesome perk to existing patrons. So everybody wins. Yay. All right. So if that sounds like the sort of thing you would like to do, check out the show notes um, and there will be a link to the Patreon page in the show notes. And I will also add another perk to the tier above because obviously this extra bonus content perk is coming from um, the tier above. So obviously I don't want people who sign up for that to go, hey, hang on, I haven't got cool stuff now. So I will rearrange the perks appropriately. But yeah, so if you feel like you want to be a, a patron, just can go in at tier one, £5.43. I don't know why I did the 43 pence thing. Well, I do because when you go down the amounts, I think it's like 
987. So it's like 1980. Anyway, <laughs> why am I getting into this? But anyways, it goes 9876543 uh, <laughs> in terms of the amounts. You'll see what I mean when you look on the Patreon page. Anyway, so um, yes. If you want to be one of the eight who makes everything awesome for the other patrons, then please check out the link. Um, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) All right. Listen, let's have some bite-sized advice. This is from Lisa Milton, executive publisher at HQ and Mills and Boone. The creative industries are exactly that. It's an industry. I would always advocate for just professionalism meet deadlines, keep in touch, communicate clearly. Obvious, I know, but so important. Probably the most important element is to learn to take feedback. I always talk about feedback, but when you get feedback from professionals, they're sharing it for a reason. You might not agree with it. It might not be what you want to hear, but it will be based on their insight and their knowledge, their expertise. It might be based on the retail channels. It might be based on feedback. It might be based on consumer insight. It might be based on sales, but it will be based on their professional instinct and information. That was great advice from Lisa there. I I particularly liked as well when she was saying about stay in touch with people. You ever like dealt with people at work who just vanish? (laughs) They just ghost themselves almost. Like I, um, yeah, I find that really challenging. So she's absolutely right. Stay in touch. And also her advice about taking notes was really helpful as well. We talk about that quite extensively, I think in the second episode of Criticism uh, in this series, but yeah, great advice from Lisa there. So I'm very, very grateful that she was able to make time to do that. And she also, um, you'll hear her later on in the series, she gives advice on some other topics too. So Lisa was talking about communication. Now there's one area of communication I want to talk about. I'll talk more, more about it in the next episode, but specifically in this one, I want to talk about when we approach people, uh, professionals, say for example, and ask them for stuff. This again is a little bit of a pet peeve for me. So I want to just say a little bit about that. I get approached quite a lot by people asking me for stuff. Can you read my book? Can you give me a shout out? Can you promote my thing? You know, that type of thing. And it, it's a lot. <laughs> so, so where I can help, I do. But also where um, someone's maybe messaging from a company, I do tend to direct them from my agent because social media, I mean, it's not really, I mean, one of the things that I wanted to say about this is find the most um, professional avenue by which to contact somebody. And for the most part, it's usually an agent. Like DMing someone a professional request already pitches you as slightly not professional. Now I get if you're kind of aspiring, you haven't quite established your career, that may seem like the most obvious and easy access. So I get that. And I'm not down on people that are just trying something because, you know, I'm sure in some episode I will or have said that, you know, use your initiative. If you can DM them, send DM them. So I don't want to make it sound like you're doing something wrong by DMing, but try and find the most professional, um, 
a way to approach somebody because you'll get a more favorable result. Now, I think a lot of people think of agents as gatekeepers. I think UK agents are less like that than American agents. But yeah, you're right. Sometimes agents won't even show their talent some requests because they're just like, I know that they're not going to be into this or I don't want them to be into this. (laughs) Sometimes that's more what's happening. But um, whichever mode of communication you use, be specific, be really professional in your introductions and in with your requests, be clear and be polite. And for the love of God, proofread. Like the amount of times I've read stuff where it's just like, how did, did you just like write this by just bashing the keyboard? So do proofread what, what you send to people. And be respectful of the person's time who you're talking to, because it may seem like what you want only takes five or 10 minutes, but it may be five or 10 minutes that person doesn't have, or they may have such a tight schedule that actually rearranging it to fit in what it is you want or the conversation you want to have or whatever doesn't work for them. I, I had a sort of a bit of an interaction with somebody recently who just got quite pushy with wanting me to do something for her. And the way that she thought that she could get me to do it was just by telling me that it wouldn't take me very long. Well, babe, you don't know what my schedule is. (laughs) So you can't really tell me that you can't really talk to me like it's that easy because you don't know what's going on over here. So just be respectful of the person's time and always give them an out. Like if you're too busy or if this doesn't work or if this isn't for you, no worries because you're coming to them out of the blue. And one other thing I would add is also don't be nervous about not loading that first communication with the entirety of your request. Sometimes it is okay to just go, hey, listen, I wanted to ask you if you're up for doing a thing. If yes, then let me know and I'll send you some more details. Because that, that you know, when that communication comes in, it's less of an onslaught. Sometimes when I receive things like that, you can feel the urgency of it coming at you. And it might not be intentional on the other person's part, but what happens is it's kind of off-putting. So if you can, just see about seeing if there's interest or a possibility and then go from there. Because if they're interested, then they'll be open to you giving them more details. They've, they sort of open the door for it. All right, let's have a listener comment. Paul says, thoughts on being a pro. For me, it's definitely a mindset professionalism in my mind goes hand in hand with decency, skill, mutual respect and understanding. Not only do I think it's beneficial to respect your craft and your work, but it also pays to be respectful of those around you. And that's from Paul L. Paul, thank you for that comment. I think you're absolutely right. And one thing that I see in here is how Paul's really highlighting the fact that being a professional, see how little it has to do with talent. He mentions decency, mutual respect and understanding. You may not be the most talented person in the room, but if you speak to everybody with respect and treat your colleagues kindly and turn up on time, you will go a lot further than the most talented person who is an asshole. So I just want to remind you guys of the eight new patrons thing, eight new patrons on Patreon thing. So if you feel like you want to be one of those people, I hope it was clear, but just in case it wasn't when I was explaining it earlier, um, I'm looking at it in terms of the subscriptions. I'm looking at it in terms of what those subscriptions cover. And what I'd like to cover next is one um, episode a month's post-production. 
and that will take about eight new patrons. If I get that, I will move the bonus content perk from the tier above into the £5.43 tier, basically. And I'll do that once I get eight patrons. So if you feel like you want to sponsor this podcast, if you've got value from it, if anything that's been said here is of value to you, then jump on the Patreon page and subscribe. And also remember, you don't have to be a patron forever. You know, if after a year you're like, okay, I think I've done my time. There'll be only love from me because I'm just blown away that people are supporting this podcast in that way in the first place. So thank you for indulging me in speaking about that. And if it feels like that's something you want to do to support the podcast, then check out the show notes and then just head over to the Patreon page. All right. So just in conclusion, being a pro, I think one of the other areas is integrity, doing what you said you were going to do when you were going to do it. Now, integrity doesn't mean never backing out of anything, but that when you do, you do so cleanly, graciously, you, you clean up any mess that that makes. You make right, basically that you have good communication with people. We've touched on that a few times and we'll talk about it more next episode, that you're prepared, that you're, I don't want to use the word honest, like you, (laughs) because that sounds like more of a moral judgment kind of thing, but that you're truthful, let's say, like you're honest, you're, you're straight up. How about that? Straight up. Like you're straight up about deadlines, straight up about what you can do, what you won't do, what uh, skills you have where your shortfalls are, all that sort of thing. Integrity in your professionalism will give you so much respect in the workplace. And as we've said time and time in this podcast, that goes as much towards your success as a creative, as any skill or talent that you may have. So this episode was about what you're doing in the workplace. Next time, we are going to talk about who you're being really about how you conduct yourself. So until then, thank you to Lisa Milton for the bite-sized advice, to Paul for the listener comment, and to you guys and to my fabulous patrons um, and supporters on Acast. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Until next time, have a great week and just keep creating and being grateful that we're in this business. sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusion Apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love. And be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. I hope you enjoyed that episode of Creative Source. If you're looking for more support with your creative journey, I'm offering one-to-one online mentoring. Perhaps you want to launch a project but don't know where to start. Maybe you've got stuck around a certain issue, need some advice or just want to bounce ideas around. Whatever it is, I'm here. Just hit the Patreon link in the show notes or go to patreon.com forward slash creative source with Andy Osho to find out more. Mm-hmm.